This is episode 49 of the Rising Man podcast with Dallas Michael Sear. A journey of 10,000 miles begins with the first step. Welcome, welcome back, Rising Man family. This is your host and the creator of the show, Jetty Azuma, welcoming you back as we start to round out the end of 2018. We're not quite there yet, but we're just about there. Here for the holiday season up in Bozeman, Montana, spending some time with my wife's family, and it's just got me reflecting on this year. What has been created in 2018? What's been working? What's been effective for me? What's been ineffective for me? And most importantly, what's next? What's coming for me in the new year? What's 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 up? What do I want to do? What do I want to get into? So a reminder, an invitation for all you guys out there, if you're not already doing that, put some time aside through this holiday season to really assess what's been working for you. What have you done this year that's been really effective? What has gotten you closer to fulfilling your mission? to fulfilling the reason that you're here in this life and what you want for yourself, for your family, for the people around you. What hasn't been working? What needs to be adjusted? What do you get to change and shift and pivot into the new year, into 2019, so that you can get closer to your mission, get closer to that mission complete stage? And also what's next? What's new? What new endeavors? What new challenges? What do you want to take on that you haven't attempted before in 2019? That's what it's all about. Always reaching for that next step, that next level. So perfect opportunity to remind you guys that Elements Number 2, the Men's Initiation Weekend, is happening January 18th to the 20th, getting out into the wilderness of the Ojai Valley up there in the Sespe Wilderness, just like we did last time with the first Elements Men's Crew. And I tell you guys this, that for me, there has been no more powerful work than circling men up in our natural environment and seeing what happens, seeing what comes up when we have the freedom, the liberty, the space, the time to really drop in with each other, to really take off our masks, to lower our veil and let ourselves be seen and listened to by other men and to see and listen to another man as a historian in his process. So if that's something you're ready for, something that appeals to you, you want to have some fun, you want to get out there, get dirty and get real with a team of amazing men, sign up over at rise.jettyazuma.com elements. This is your opportunity to start off the new year in a powerful, powerful way, an experience you'll never forget. I promise you that. All right, my guest for this week is a man by the name of Dallas Michael Sear. He is a master life guide and conscious business mentor, as well as an international speaker and spoken word artist. He is the founder of Ignite Purpose, the ultimate coaching tool for conscious impact-driven entrepreneurs. He has been traveling around the world for the past several months, better part of this year, and he has collected a number of experiences and insights that have shaped his already captivating story. In fact, when the time of this interview, he was in Bali at his villa there. And before we even recorded, he shared just some of the profound experiences he's had and what's led him to the place that he's in. We talked about following intuition into the unknown, the power of travel and how it brings up our biggest edges, remembering our truth in order to reshape our reality, a higher conscious perspective of ego, karma, and creation, and so much more. Without further ado, Dallas Michael Sear. Dallas Michael Sear, the man, the myth, calling live from Bali, man. How are you feeling over there in the future? Feeling wonderful. It's amazing being out here. There's so much heart energy. Yeah, the, the, you know, it's been the rainy season, which you know, I, it, I've been traveling and uh, nomadic for the last this, for this entire year, starting at the very start of the year, and 
before that, I, you know, I've been living in, in California, Encinitas, San Diego, Encinitas area for eight years. So there's very little rain. And then there's, then when I've been traveling, it, it's been kind of like the summer season, all the places that I've been visiting, Turkey and Croatia and India. And so hot and dry also there. And then to come here and have like some really, I mean, amazing, powerful lightning and thunderstorms and just these torrential rains. It just feels so refreshing. I know the feeling, man. I was just in Australia. We just got mm-hmm. back earlier this week and we had some of those nice monsoon type yeah. rains that they get in the summertime that I remember from back on the East Coast growing right, up. Right, me too, East Coast. So refreshing, man. Well, thank you for taking the time out today, man. I know you got a lot of wisdom that you bring. Really good to chat with you a little bit before we started here. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, I, before we jump in, let me ask you just about the journey of, of being a nomad mm-hmm. and being nomadic and not connected to a physical location. Uh, what, what has that been like for you as a man? What has that brought up for you? Well, it's definitely redefined, redefined my idea of home. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's really supported this feeling already that I've, that I've had possibly all my life really, but, uh, but definitely has grown stronger in the most recent years of this, of this, you know, global, global citizen, united one in the human race and feeling that deeper connection to all people. And it's, it's really supported that. It's also been, you know, I, you know, I am 41 and it's been a rite of passage. So in, in addition to connecting me more Oh man, this guy, this, cause this could be the whole call. Hold on. So I'm, I'm see I'm seeing some things here. One, it's really supported me in connecting more with the global community and feeling home in, in the world. You know, I've been, in, I've been in five countries this year and uh, I, I don't know if that it's going to stop actually. I, I think I'm, I think I'm continuing on. And so connecting more with humanity and seeing other cultures, like going to very, very countries that have a lot of like, that are mostly Hindu countries that are mostly Muslim has really opened up my eyes quite a bit. And, and they were cultures that I was already familiar with and, and open to, but hadn't really connected with the people, especially literally in the homeland of, of these, you know, birthplaces and where, and where the pop, mm-hmm. where the population is so dense and to see how much brotherhood and love and support that I received was just confirming and amazing. Second of all, it's been, it's been a rite of passage because I've been doing it completely solo and alone. And when I was younger, uh, I got the inspiration at around the age of like 17, 18 to backpack Europe. I was one of those who wanted to jump out of planes and backpack Europe yet. I wasn't, I was, I was very independent and, and self-expressed, which was unique for me, meaning for me in comparison to what I see in the world. (laughs) So at a young, at a young age, because I was immersed in hip hop, that was like my culture because I was in the inner city, I was in the hood and people just had a lot of attitude and bravado and just like, you know, just edge and a lot of self-expression and just in your face. And so being a B-boy, being a graffiti artist, being a battle MC, being immersed in hip hop in a very, you know, inner city community, I got, to, I got the opportunity to really express myself and, and to have this level of confidence. So that wasn't lacking necessarily, yet 
to go like explore the world and just head out on my own. I had no reference for that. I mean, nobody in my life traveled. <laughs> no one could have, no one could afford yeah. to, and no one thought, no one yeah. thought to. So when I told my friends about that, the only thing they really wanted to do was do like booze cruises, you know, go to the islands and get drunk and just escape for escape for a week. But I wanted to like travel and do culture. And I want to jump out of planes. My friends like, I'm not jumping out of anything. And so I didn't <laughs> do those things. I chose not to. And so this time when, when I got the divine inspiration to, to do this, actually I was, it, it was my beloved who her and I at the beginning of the year decided to, to go in different directions for a while. She inspired me to, to do it. And so when we separated and the inspiration was still there, I was like, well, here's my chance. I, I get to do it on my own. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's been a rite of passage. I actually spoke to an astrological cartographer, which I didn't know existed, but it's basically somebody who specializes in astrology in terms of mapping out the best places in the world based on your birth chart for what you're trying to call in energetically. And, and so somebody gifted me a session with, with this person. And through the session, I learned where these, you know, where these great places in the world would be. And I was already on my, my journey, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yet through the session, one thing that I, he told me was, hey, while you're in Turkey, let me tell you what's going on there for you energetically. Karmically, karmically mm-hmm. you're in a place where you're going to experience a lot of father energy. You're going to be experiencing a lot of karma around your father. And at the time, because I had already been traveling for like four months all by myself and I was feeling very isolated, especially in countries where they don't speak your language or you don't speak theirs. And I was feeling very isolated and I was having these like, I mean, I I was doing the bare minimum of of work. Luckily, I'm a very successful coach. And so I've been able to sustain myself without having to do much of anything except for work with some private clients. And so I've really created this great situation for myself. And so I'm able to just, I was just able to take just a lot of time and contemplation, a lot of time of just doing nothing, which I find for, I find for most men is the scariest thing. If you're willing to be honest I know it is. Yeah, me, if man. if they're yeah. willing to be honest and face it, doing nothing, because the idea is because the idea of what they do is so attached to our identity, and the idea the mm-hmm. idea of doing nothing like that means I'm wasting time. That means I'm not being of service. That means I'm I'm not important. I'm not valuable. That means I'm not going to prove to my daddy that I can show him I'll be something. I can go on for fucking days. So, do you find that that's tied a lot to self worth? that for men who don't have a lot of self-worth, they don't give themselves the gift of doing nothing. It's, 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 it, that's, that's the, the surface level. Absolutely. And it's, it's tied even deep, like that self-worth is tied even deeper to beliefs that were, that are socially programmed as well as programmed in the home from their parents. It's also up to, you know, ingrained in them ancestrally up to seven generations potentially. So when I work with people, I work with layers. And a lot of times there's that first aha moment of, wow, I don't love myself enough. That's wonderful. But then where you go from there and where that began and where that's, you know, that's actually rooted in and what the actual, actual, actual belief is at the bottom of all that, the core wound is, usually takes a few more layers. So it's absolutely a conversation of self-worth and why 
it can can go a, a lot deeper. But yeah, but it's that's definitely one of the main components is you know their value is attached to what are they doing in the world, who they're being, what they're doing is that instead of who they're instead of just who they're being, and it doesn't take anything to be. You're already a divine spirit. So so like I learned that being in Turkey, I was in that energy of of clearing the things you know the karmic feel around my father, and that was amazing to me because it 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 brought to to light all of these like kind of dark nights of the soul that I was having and I was having these thoughts and these emotions and I'm like, man, I've been doing healing work and growth work and plant. I've done everything under the sun for 20 years of my life. How is it that I'm still, that, that these things that I've, I've know I've personally, you know, worked on are coming up right now um, and, and why? And I was, I was really being with it, but I wasn't really getting to the heart of it until that conversation. And it made sense because everything that I was feeling weren't even my thoughts. They were my dad's. Mm. You know, they, now, was your father, was your father around yeah. in your life? Yeah. Yes. My dad um, moved when I was 11. He moved from Connecticut to California. So mm-hmm. after 11, he wasn't as present. He, he was, I've done a lot of, of, of work, as I mentioned, and I, I worked with a gentleman who helped me realize he wasn't that present when I was younger either, even though, even though I remember him as being kind of my best friend. But uh, although we had an amazing relationship, he was a great father, is a great father, which I was fortunate to have at least love from him. There wasn't a lot of things that he kind of taught and passed on other than just, you know, he was present and he loved me and he provided for me. When I, when he moved, I then would spend summers with him until I started working at the age of 16. And then after that, I would spend two weeks a year with him. And, you know, he's, he's always remained a presence in my life, but not necessarily present in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was just seeing all of the self-doubt that he's had in his life and all of the like uncertainty and not knowing about his gifts and really not knowing who he was and being plagued with that. I had a very interesting conversation with him just four years ago that brought all of what he had been experiencing in his life to surface, which, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if anyone has the ability to do that with their dads, I highly encourage, and we can talk about that. But to complete the travel thing, um, I also also learned how to trust the divine surrender the idea of surrender to men is so foreign and this whole this whole year has been about surrender and surrender is not apathy surrender is it surrender is not giving up surrender it, you know it, it really is one of it's it's the most powerful thing that we can do because it says i fully trust myself to be able to handle anything that comes my way so i trust me I fully trust that spirit has the highest intention for me because spirit has the highest intention for all things. In fact, I couldn't, I, the I, couldn't have a higher intention for this life than spirit. It it is the highest intention for this life. So if I surrender to it, then absolutely what what is going to come through is going to be magical. But uh, sometimes there is this, this deconstructing, this destorying, right? Destroying, this destorying that gets to happen where we remove these layers. And, and because of the time that can take, you know, months, imagine, imagine being still and not doing anything that you think you have to do for months. And that terrifies people. In fact, most people don't even have the ability, they haven't created that ability in their life to be able to do that. Yet, even if you just take care of your basic needs, like your bare minimum, without thinking you've got to get the raise and invest and save more money and get the next car and go on that vacation and 
do this next thing for the for the kids and do that next thing to just do the basic minimum and spend as much time in nature spend as much time contemplating spend as much time meditating spend as much time journaling spend as much time in prayer spend as much time calling on the seen as well as the unseen all the support that we have in the unseen realms if you spent just months doing that and just trusting whatever then came through if it said fucking quit that job start to travel get the divorce and you just embraced it through all of the fear with as much courage as you could possibly muster and surrender to that new life that wants to come through whoo holy jesus literally the divine king comes through and that is you know jesus was a great example of that and i'm not I, I don't have any specific religion per se. Mm. All the, all the- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great stuff in there, man. Let's, let's unpack it a little sure. bit because you said a couple of words that have come up here in conversation before mm-hmm. that I know are really edgy for men. One of them is surrender. And then mentioning what, what's been coming up in my sphere a lot lately has been this uh, legacy in terms of what we get ancestrally, mm-hmm. whether we're conscious of it or not. So uh, let's actually jump into that first because I'm really fascinated about that, especially through our paternal line. Uh, through what we receive from our father, what we receive through the masculine mm-hmm. legacy. Um, speak a little bit about what your experience has been with that and what what, what a lot of men might be missing mm-hmm. as far as what we've inherited that we might not be aware of. Yeah, the, the, the masculine comes in to show you how to operate in the mind and the feminine comes in to show you how to operate in the spirit. And so how you operate in your mind and how you operate in your spirit were given to you by your mom and dad. It is the yang and the yin, the yin and the yang. And so whether or not our parents were present in our lives. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because both energetically, it was gifted to you and genetically it was gifted to you and if they were if they were if they were present by being absent mm-hmm. right meaning meaning on a subconscious level even even if you weren't conscious of wanting to find your parent or know your parent you're like they didn't care about me i don't care about them i'm doing life screw them which i see you know we see a lot of that that rebellion like who who cares right they didn't right. they didn't think about enough about me you know um, you know fuck them and so we we see a lot of that as well and ironically even if that person was never in your life, it's been proven that you end up being the most like the parent that you push away. Because, mm-hmm. because the unconscious self is what's really running the show. Consciously, you, th- you think you're running the show, so you're pushing that person away and with, your, with your anger, with your, with your sadness, or with whatever it is. Yet unconsciously, the little boy in you actually wants to have that relationship and only wants to grow more in love. Mm-hmm. That is that is it. That is all why that's all why we are here. And 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 so that boy within us is what calls that into our lives is what you're saying is what attracts that and and we we start to not, behave that way. It's not yeah, it's not calling it in. It's just it it just is operating under the surface. It, so technically, yeah, of course, okay. the law of attraction is always at play in some way, of course. Absolutely. But that behavior that we, we, we start to behave like that, that parent that we're pushing away to honor them, that little partner in us wants to honor that parent because it wants to know that parent. It wants to have a relationship with that parent because it came into this lifetime to grow more in love. We could end every show, every book, every self-help healing 
everything out there could end with that. We're just here to grow more into towards unconditional love, period, the end. And so because that's operating under the, under the system at the self-conscious level, then what we do is we call in those patterns and behavior. We, we, we start to become those patterns and behaviors. We take on those patterns and behaviors through our DNA, through our built energetically. And because of that, spirit, our own spirit is giving us the opportunity to see why we disconnected with that parent. Because if we then behave like that, then those behaviors are present in our life. Those behaviors stay present in our life. And hopefully at some point, we'll see it for ourselves, heal it in ourselves, therefore healing the relationship and cutting the pattern, cutting the ancestral pattern so it doesn't continue forward because that's our job. Although one thing that I share in in, in my coaching is that it's not your fault. So everyone can take a big, deep breath, take a big, deep breath in. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. There's no blame, yet it is your responsibility because if you see it and you spot it, and you got it. And so, ho- then, so hopefully you're not pushing away that other parent to the extreme that you're blind to your own behaviors, to seeing how you've taken that on. And hopefully you wake up to it in your own life, both the positive and the negative of it, or, or I don't love positive and negative, but both what works and what doesn't work for your growth. And, and hopefully you're able to see that because then you can say, oh my goodness, <laughs> I am that which I've been hating. I am that which I've been resisting. I am that which I've been put I am which I've been pushing away. And I want to choose consciously something different. And now I understand why so and so did what they did. And now healing can happen. Let me ask you something because you it's really interesting how you said that it's an unconscious honoring mm-hmm. of that parent that we're pushing away. I really, I really I'm I'm digesting that. Because mm-hmm. I see how that shows up in myself and I'm observing how I've seen it show up in other people. So what would you say is the conscious honoring mm-hmm. that we can choose once we, be, once we become aware of this, once we identify it happening within ourselves? Yeah, I, I take clients through what's called a peer-to-peer, uh, a parent-to-peer exercise or like a kind of a, a rite of passage or a transition. And it's the idea of, of going into conscious honoring. And this is challenging. You know, I mean, imagine doing this. People come to me with some pretty extreme stuff. And, and I, so I've been working with clients. I've been coaching now for over nine years. And technically, my first coaching session was probably at the age of 10. I had a, a friend of mine in school call me because his older brother was at a party and they were trying to get him to smoke pot. <laughs> weed. He was like, they're trying to get me to smoke pot. I remember that conversation so clearly. And so over the years, you know, my coaching has evolved where I've been helping uh, both men and women go through these major life transitions of, of, of rebirthing themselves, of re, re-remembering themselves or, or even um, recreating themselves. You know, we go through many lifetimes. We go through many lifetimes in one life. So what I've seen is a lot of times especially in Western cultures, you know, we've, we've gotten no experience of any kind of rite of passage. And so we don't know this, but we're behaving like children. It's really the, the inner child that's running the show. And so doing a, a conscious process of going from this child that's rebelling or, or not rebelling, still being controlled by, because every shadow has both an aggressive side and a passive side. 
So a lot of times the person cowering in the corner is experiencing the same exact fear as the person with the gun in your face. And we think that the guy who's about to go fist to fist with somebody or pull out a gun or is, or, or is standing in front of you screaming is brave and courageous. Yet 90% of the time, closer to 98, wink, wink, <laughs> that person is not being brave. They're lashing out in aggression from fear. So they're, they're in fight mode while the person who's also experiencing fear is in freeze mode in the corner. Same exact shadow. And I see this all the time. So all this comes full circle because when we're doing the conscious honoring, it can be really challenging if a parent left us, beat us or beat our mother, molested us. How the heck do we then go into a conscious honoring of that? And here's the thing. In our human lives, we believe we've been attacked. We believe we've been harmed. And it's not that we aren't imprisoned in some way or that harm isn't happening on a human, this the kind of a, a third plane, three-dimensional human reality. Yet we get to grow into, we're, we're growing consciously, evolving consciously beyond just this three-dimensional material reality. We're understanding there's something deeper at play. We're moving more closely back to unconditional love. Christ consciousness has returned, period, the end. That is all, the, that is all Jesus returning was ever meant to be, was the consciousness of unconditional love that he and other ascended masters like him came to display has returned. We are now in that level of consciousness. And, and evolving beyond it. And so that level of consciousness says that nothing has ever happened to me. My divine spirit, which has been completely untouched, which is perfect and untouched, which has always been whole and healed at all times, which inhabits this physical form, has never been attacked, has never been harmed, has never been judged or lied to, it is only what we're experiencing on this human form where we believe that we've been attacked and harmed and, and, and so forth. And so on a human level, we think, how can I divinely honor or consciously honor a parent who hit me or beat my mother or murdered somebody or did something horrific? Because on a human level, we think if we honor that, we think if we honor that person, we have to honor also or accept the thing that they did, the deed that they did. Mm. But just like you're not every deed you do, otherwise we would be trapped in our mistakes forever. That means no one can be better. That means we, we that means we can never get rid of the shame of of catching a venereal disease or the the shame of 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 hurting somebody or the the shame of being picked on when we were bullied in school. We can never get rid of that because we're the deeds that we do. We're not. If you can honor, if you can just honor the spirit inside of that parent, just the spirit of that parent, understanding that they came in to play their role as perfectly as you came in to play your role. And on a level beyond this level, beyond this human, material, physical, flesh level, you both had made an agreement come into this experience and exchange those contracts for your divine healing, for your greatest evolution. You decided before coming into this plane that it was the fastest path to your evolution. So, hey, if I meet up with you on the human plane 
and we're both in this level of consciousness at that time in our lives, I want you to behave like this so I learn this. And I can tell you, I've studied multiple traditions. I've been doing work like this for close to 20 years. And through plant medicine, through multiple traditions of, of different religions and different philosophies, as well as through my own individual journey, I have seen this to be true. I've read dozens of books around this, and it's only continued to confirm, confirm, confirm. And, and it's, it's the number one way as humans, let alone as men, to take back radical responsibility for our experience. Because then we can say, how did I create this? And, and why? Why on a spiritual level would I recreate this? Not on a human level. No, no human in their right mind would say, hey, you know, when I'm 20, I want you to come over and I want you to rape me so I can, so I can evolve. A human's going to say, there's got to be a better way to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> now, spirit can wake up during this journey at any point and say, I no longer need that experience to evolve. And when making that decision, when having that conscious awareness, all of a sudden, a new timeline of experiences has just been birthed in that moment. In that moment. So when those, when those things might be, when those behaviors or patterns or horrific experiences might continue to be perpetuated, they can be cut. And you can choose now bringing in your divine will to no longer have to learn in that way. You can wake up in a moment. In fact, technically everyone only does. Mm -hmm. It might take, it might take, yeah. it might take to see what a lifetime is to get there, but the waking up takes a moment. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. And, and what I hear you talking about is, is what, what a, a lot of folks out there I've heard talk about in, in the, basically it's, it's the reframing and restructuring of the, of the facts of the details of life and the meaning that we give them as humans and in this in this context as men. Yeah. So at the base level, that is exactly what's happening. That that is really at the foundation. Yeah. And it's not. It, and I, I love the word reframing. I do it all the time. And even stronger than that, it's remembering, because because it's 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 actually a deeper truth. I can reframe a situation and see a, a, another possibility. It doesn't mean that I'm accepting it, embracing it, or even seeing the deepest truth. Re reframing is like, you know, it's the, I'm certified NLP and I feel like that's yesterday. That's it for me anyway, not to knock anything. Cause I, st I still, I guess I'm sure I, I still consciously or unconsciously use it in my work. But the point being is that, there's certain techniques that we can use, yet the deeper truth is what's really happening is we're actually remembering what's the truth. So we don't have to reframe it. We just see it for what it actually fucking is. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That's a little, that's, it, it takes reframing sometimes to get there. That's why I don't knock it and I understand it completely. Um, but I just, I, I, sure. I grab those little moments to go because I'm, I'm always about going a layer deeper, a layer deeper. I, I believe that's what creates the most, the most deepest transformational and sustainable change. It's why a lot of clients come to me. They've done work for years and they finally, it's like they, the, the, the light bulb finally gets it, but they also embody it. They get it in the cells of their body. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, yeah, and whatever you know, whatever we're deciding to call it, I, I definitely resonate with what you're with what you're saying. You know, taking it that level to change the change the perspective that we've had around it for years. I mean, that's essentially the definition of trauma is repeating the same story that doesn't serve us. And at least that's how I hold it. And 
So I'm interested in, in, with your background and your experiences, it seems like, you know, you and I haven't spoken in about a year and I definitely am feeling that like there's been some, some wisdom that's come through you in this past year. I'm wondering what the, what's your perspectives on ego and how ego shows up Mm. in this conversation. Mm. It's a great, it's a wonderful question. Wonderful question. And, And I'll finish just one final thought about the, um, the conscious honoring. I recommend that everyone, as best as you can, honor the spirit that's within you and honor the spirit that's within that parent and understand mm-hmm. that they came in here making a really hard choice into this life because anyone that's doing harm is in pain. There is, no, there is no way that any human that does harm cannot actually be in pain on some, mm-hmm. on some vibratory level. And so when we can really see that, then we stop judging. Like when, when we stop judging our parents, like you can't judge something and love something at the same time. And we're all here to let go of judgments. So when you stop judging that parent for their experience, regardless of how horrific or, you know, it could be minor, it could be major. When you stop judging them and start honoring the spirit within them that came in here to do their work as your spirit came in here to do your work, then you can get a little bit closer to acceptance or forgiveness or being able to honor them on a conscious level versus letting all of their behaviors and their DNA and their biology run you on an unconscious level. I just just wanted to put a button on that. It it, It pairs well with your ego question because there's still so much talk about there about killing the ego. And I'm glad, I'm glad more and more people are not sharing that philosophy because um, we don't, we don't evolve by killing anything. We don't evolve or, or grow closer to, you know, more closer to unconditional love and re- returning back to the all, returning back to oneness by killing anything. That is a old patriarchal kind of like the masculine, the wounded masculine, right? It's, it's patriarchal. It's, it's wounded masculine. It's, it's, it's unnecessary. It's, it's still, it, even that, even the idea of killing the ego at the foundational level is still why we go to war and literally murder millions of human beings. Mm-hmm. It's the same thinking. So for our spiritual hierarchy people, those who are just, you know, high vibe all the time and I don't want to be around that little, that low vibe stuff are being completely freaking judgmental and not seeing what, not seeing what is still, still there for them. And that my friend is spiritual ego at play. So Absolutely. yeah, the ego only gets more clever as we get more evolved and spiritual. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Sure. And, and so, and so the ego itself is, I heard this said really, really well. There's a, there's a book out there that my friend literally channeled from, uh, from an alien star family. And he says this term, um, his name's David Jatowski. And he says this, this term that the ego is only here to say, I, that is it. In, in, a world, in a world where we are required at this time, we cho- not even required, where we chose to live in this duality reality, right? We chose this duality reality of hot, cold, high, low, in, out, male, female, negative, positive, where we chose this. Um, in that world, it is necessary to say, I, because if I am going to travel the world at this time in our current human experience, I need a passport. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like I need an identity if I'm going to 
buy clothes or if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to exist on this plane as I agree to. And a lot of people are trying to escape the human reality, except we experience enlightenment through the human reality. Enlightenment happens in the body. And so we are these divine lightning rods that are connecting heaven and earth at all times. And the ego is no less a part of this divine play and no less important than anything else. It is not to be... So what would you say a healthy ego allows us? A healthy ego. We have a healthy ego or a healthy relationship with our ego. Yeah, yeah. It it allows for the 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 spirit that is within us all to find its unique expression in this life. So I heard it once said that God fractured itself into a trillion fractals in order to have the experience of remembering itself again. It's like a play. It's like okay. I'm divine, I'm perfect, I'm, I can experience bliss at all times, except I'm all things. So I want to I have, I wanna have the, the fun experience of remembering my allness. So let me, mm-hmm. boom, fracture myself into a trillion, trillion, infinite number of experiences. So as I wake up through billions of years of evolution, I remember the all until we all go back to it and then boom, and it just starts over again. <laughs> and so, so essentially, uh, spirit, it just loves novelty. That's the way I heard it put. It loves the different experiences. It's only here to experience. You want to choose to murder? Murder. You'll come back and you'll choose something different next time until you don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's good, doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean we choose it or let it happen. That's where humans get messed up. If you see it happening, of course, you feel called to do something about it. Absolutely, do what's in front of you, do what's actually aligned. Yet people are fighting battles all the time that are not theirs because they think they have to. They're murdering people because they think they have some moral obligation because God told them to. It's absolute fucking insanity. And so the, the ego can just as much bring you into shadow and bring you to that just as much as the ego says, hey, I'm going to be the most amazing coach I can be and I'm going to do it uniquely as me. How would I do it? Not friggin' rah, 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 Tony Robbins, who is amazing, by the way, and I love and I respect and I, I, I went through a lot of his material when I went through my healing and growth. Yet at one point I was modeling him instead of being me. How does Dallas Michael Sear get to coach? How do I get to speak? How do I get to do spoken word? Or what do I get to learn right now? I started learning the ukulele. I dress a certain, I dress a certain way. I have certain relationships that I feel closer to in this lifetime, yet I honor the absolute perfect essence and presence of all beings, the God, spirit, and all. Yet there's certain things that the I allows me to do in order to continue to wake up souls or and continue to do my unique work. Even if you're doing a job that everyone does, like you're a garbage man, you can still, or a garbage woman, or you know somebody who, who works in, in, you know, public cleanup, uh, um, to be as politically correct as possible. (laughs) Even if you do that, you can do it your way. Wear a friggin' funny hat, sing a song, make it the most amazing experience of cleaning up garbage until you're doing something else. Even if you don't want to do that thing. I can tell you this, this is something I I, want to say about, about men. 
or humans in general. A lot of times we're in these corporate situations because sometimes I work with people going through these these transitions of like leaving work and wanting to build a business or leaving a marriage and wanting to remember who they are and take back their identity. They're always going through these major life transitions. That's a, a big thing that I do. And so assisting them in that process, a lot of times they're trying to leave a situation and they want to like, they, they want to make it wrong. So the ego says, you know, I've been in this job and this job has trapped me. Actually, that job is provided for you and your family or it's putting food in your mouth. It's put money in your mm-hmm. it's put money in your pocket. Actually, that job is probably you know a business that's you know uh, assisting millions to be able to you know this uh, have a certain convenience. It's it's helping potentially you know dozens or hundreds or thousands of people depending on the business to survive and live in the world. And so, mm-hmm. a lot of times we want to escape these realities, and we make it wrong, we make it negative, and we fight it, and and we then we what we do is because it's our our thinking, our behavior, our emotions, it's because it's who we are that attracted that job to begin with. We run from it, but then we just create that same reality somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Instead of just loving and embracing whatever it is, whatever job you think you hate now, walk into it like it's the first day. Well, what was it like your first day? Did you hate it? No, you freaking were so excited to have a new job. It was filled with possibilities. But then Betty Sue in the cubicle next to you, she's annoying and your job doesn't, your boss doesn't love you and respect you and, and, and promote you like you should. And you're not making as much money a year later as you think you should or two years later or five years later. And now it's become this drudgery, something that you were once excited about. So if you go back to a place of bringing your whole self there, you go back to loving it, you go back to bringing in your ego, enjoy into that that moment instead of letting the unconscious run the show and you leave on a high note, then you actually learn something and grow and you don't, there's less chance of you taking that old self with you and just recreating that situation. So the ego gives ourselves the ability to do that, to say like, how am I going to do this uniquely as me? How does spirit want to experience this divine play, this this illusion through me? As Michael Beckwith puts it, everything is happening. Spirit is choosing to have this experience, choosing to have this experience in you, as you, and through you. And how you get to uniquely do that, even if you're doing something that seems like similar to what somebody else does or mundane, wherever in your life you're not fully expressed, become that. I ask people the question all the time. I ask people the question all the time. Where are you missing in your life? When you, when you get in your car, does it feel like you? When you put in your clothes, do they feel like you? You know, when you go to your when you go to your work, when you're with your family, when you're with your friends, do you feel like you? Where are you at? Where are you not fully expressed? Because us not judging, us completely loving, and us being fully expressed are the only three things that we get to to do to fully wake up in this lifetime and and have a world of unity and humanity and and just what we conceive as heaven on earth. And that, and that brings it all full circle back to what you said about remembering. Mm-hmm. It's like the ego. It's like the remembering of what we agreed to. If you're in that sanitation job and remembering why you're in that, mm-hmm. and then that opportunity you said to do it your way and to do it the way that your spirit is, is calling you to do. The, the, I like that. Then, the, like that. The, then your spirit and your ego are playing together as they were meant to. It becomes, it becomes a, a vehicle. It becomes like, you know, just a tool. It's just there to, it's just there to support and assist the, the journey. How, however it does, if it's in shadow, it's there to wake you up, but either way, it's not running the show. As long as it's not running the show, as long as it's a passenger on the bus and not in the driver's seat, that's all. 
We get to tame our ego, not shame our ego. Anytime we shame anything or try to kill anything, we only give it more energy. Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Well, you dropped a ton of wisdom on us today, and I really appreciate you bringing all that to the forefront. Like I said, man, uh, last time I got to hear you speak and share uh, from your truth mm-hmm. was about a year ago, and it, there's definitely a lot a lot more that that has evolved and shifted, man. So very cool yeah. to be back with you today. I'm uh, definitely not the same human for sure, man. We all, we all continue to evolve one way or another. <laughs> That's it. One way. Yeah. Whatever it looks like it's evolution, right? <laughs> so cool, man. I like to ask a few like lightning style, one line, one line questions okay. at the end here to see what you got. So Let's play. Uh, what is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? That it is a divine play. And that you, you, you can't get it wrong. You can't, you can't get it wrong. Yeah, you you like can't, that. you can't get living your life wrong. Right on. And uh, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? What comes up, the words that just came up is know thyself. Just the, the, what, one of the oldest adages, just know thyself. Awesome. Cool, man. And uh, last but not least, how can the guys out there who are listening, follow you, track you down, work with you? What's the best place to, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty active on social media. So you can find me on Facebook, Dallas Michael Sear and Sear spelled C-Y-R, Dallas Michael Sear. You'll probably see that in the show, obviously. And then, um, so I always use all three, three names. That's, that's the main page I use, but I also have a, a, a fan page under Dallas Sear. And then say the same for Instagram, Dallas Michael Sear. And then they can also go to um, adversity, the word adversity to, T-O, spelled out to, the adversity to abundance adversitytoabundance.com. It's a series of free videos that I have. And I'm always, you know, I'm doing my best to, to, to communicate more with my tribe and just add value. I, I, I do pretty much zero pitching right now. I'm working exclusively with just one-on-one private clients and loving it. And I, I felt called to pull back on like the the programs and the group coaching and all that stuff. Although I can see it coming back online at some point and maybe doing more live work. But right now I'm working just one-on-one and I've got digital programs and more certainly coming, but the way to stay in touch with all that and even connect with me through emails to go to the adversity to abundance. Cause then you'll be able to communicate with me back and forth as I send out correspondence and, and send out, you know, more value. That's awesome, man. We'll make sure that those links to find you are in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I could tell that we just, we barely just tapped the well of what you have to offer. So we'll have to get you on here again sometime further down the road. I Maybe after you've uh, I journeyed it. a little more and you've got a few more countries under your belt. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be back, man. I appreciate you, honor to you and respect to you for, for all, that you're, all that you're doing. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Likewise, man. It's a pleasure. All right, there it is. One of the things I appreciated most about this episode is reflecting on Dallas's story of, of traveling. You guys heard me mention when I first connected with Dallas, I heard him speak inside a man cave about a year ago, and I just experienced a much different man a year ago than I did on this interview. It's clear that he's a man who's walked through many fires, through many circles, to deeper and deeper layers of personal self-discovery. And he is a pure example of a man channeling his insight, his wisdom into value and benefit and gifts and medicine for people around him. So 
really encourage you guys to go check out what Dallas is doing, uh, who's doing big things out there in the world. So make sure you uh, check him out. The link's in the show notes. Follow up what he's up to with Ignite Purpose and all the work that he's into. You can get all that information for this episode and other episodes at therisingmanpodcast.com. If you guys tuned in at the beginning of the episode and heard me mention that we are doing our second Elements Men's Initiation Weekend, January 18th to the 20th. For more information, head over to rise.jettyazuma.com slash elements. Really what we do is we take everything we talk about on this podcast to the experiential level. And that's where you really start to get value, transforming your life and, and spilling over into every corner and recess of the life that you live day to day. So make sure you go and check that out. We'd love to have you with us. Please subscribe or follow us on the podcast app of your choice. Also leave a review with comments. Let us know how the podcast is landing for you, what you enjoy, what are your biggest takeaways from each and every episode. You can do that at therisingmanpodcast.com or wherever you listen to us from on your mobile device or desktop. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan is crushing the Rising Man Podcast page right now on Instagram. Really appreciate the work you're doing, Ro. And shout outs to the rest of my power team, Sean Offenbach at Infinite Melodics, M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Julie and Mark, my other guys behind the scenes making this machine, this well-oiled machine run smoothly. Appreciate the work you guys are doing. For the rest of you guys out there, thank you. Thank you for making this a really powerful year. About a year ago from today was when I really started putting energy and action behind the vision for the Rising Man podcast. And so here we are, just about, we're on the eve of episode number 50, and I'm really grateful for all of you who've been tuning in up to this point. So until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.